Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Well, welcome to College Street. If you're joining us for the first time ever, welcome if you're joining us online, around the world. And thank you for joining us in-house today. Despite the smoke, you made it through. Come on. You know, I think of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you don't know it, you should look it up. But I'm just claiming that over us, too, that even though we go through the fire, we're going to come out not even smelling like smoke. (laughs) Praise God. So, um, again, we're so blessed to be doing this series with you guys. Our team has gotten together, and we've gotten creative. Why? Because we are made in the image of God, our Creator, And we have come up with some interesting ways and exciting ways to deliver the message to you today, to you on home and watching around the world. This is part two of our parenting series, Back to Reality. And I've entitled uh, this message, Back to School. How many moms and dads in the house are excited that their kids are back in school? That's it? Oh man, I thought there'd be way more than that. Come on. All the parents in the house said, amen. Right on. You know what? Our house has never been so quiet. Hey, honey, we have all five kids in school now. Praise God. That's something to celebrate. But, you know, I'm, and I, I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're watching or you're joining in, you're like, oh, parenting series. No, no, no. Don't, don't check out because this involves you. Because guess what? We are all spiritual parents, and I hope that you would like to get better at influencing the younger generation. doesn't matter how young you are. There's always somebody younger. Come on that you are called to influence. So this message is for all of us today. So, you know, as a parent with kids going back to school, I've mentioned this before, but I'm, I'm, I'm both excited and I'm a little nervous. I'm excited, yes, to have more quiet around the house. I'm excited because I know they're gonna make new friends, they're gonna learn new things, and they're gonna be challenged. But that's also the same reason why I'm a little bit nervous. You know, what kind of friends will they make? What kind of things will they learn? And, and in what way will they be challenged? And so as a, a life coach and a pastor, I know the power of influence, right? And unfortunately, not all influence is always good or godly. And we all know that. And even if, you know, for those of us that get to send our kids to a Christian school, There's no guarantee that all the influence they're going to get is going to be positive. Trust me, I've been in both. I had most of my schooling was in the public school system. And some of the craziest stories I heard came out of private Christian schools. So we're not exempt from it, right? But I want to encourage you, you know, like if you're thinking of sending your kids to school, a Christian school, like obviously I encourage it. And, and, and And if you need some good ones that I would recommend, come talk to me. So I want to be clear, I'm not putting down Christian schools. I just want you to know that it's not the teacher's job to raise our kids. It's our job. Come on. It's our job. Thank God for godly teachers, but it's our job. Everyone say, it's my job. Right on. You know that um, in Proverbs, it says that we are to train up a child in the way that he should go. And if we do so, that he will not depart from it. It's our job. And as exciting and as as scary as it might be, I feel that I've got some good tools for us all today that are found in God's word that are going to set us up in whatever season that we're going through, that today's your day. And God wants to give you something, not just so that you can take it, but so you can give it to others. Today's your day to be blessed 
and to be a blessing. Are you with me? Okay, well get ready because here we go. Back to reality. So um, if you've ever felt a little bit lost when raising your kids, don't worry. Um, That's just part of being a parent because guess what? Every kid is different. I've got five, we've got five kids, sorry. We've got five kids and they're all so different. And you know what, if you've studied the five love languages, I've got five kids and they all have different love languages. It's a lot of work for me and for my wife, Charmaine. You know, and they're all going through different seasons and and, and different stages of life. So there's certain times when as a dad, I just feel lost. How about this? And you don't have to put your hand up on this one. Have you ever actually lost one of your kids? You know, just for a moment, maybe an hour or two? Okay, and the hands all go up. Every good parent has lost their kids at least once or twice before. And you know, like maybe you lost them, but in their mind, they were never lost. They were playing hide and go seek. You know, they were out playing with their friends or, you know, they're just up in their room playing. But I want to encourage you because even if you've lost your kids, even Jesus's parents lost him. Come on. So there's hope for all of us. And that's actually um, the message I want to go in today to today. It's found in Luke chapter two, starting in verse 41 to 52. So if you brought your Bibles uh, with you, just hold them up right now so I can see them. They can come in uh, digital form. Yeah, look at all them glowing, all those glowing Bibles. I love that. You can turn to Luke 2, and if you got the digital version, you can also go to U version, and my notes will be on there. And you can follow along and put your own notes in there, and you can go even deeper. And I guess I'm in Jeremiah today. Look at that. We'll get there too. We'll get there together. Turn to someone and say, he'll get there. All right. There we go. Luke chapter 2. Almost there. Okay. And the verse should also be on the screen for you here if you don't have it in front of you. Starting in verse 41. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him amongst the relatives and the friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days... They found him in the temple courts, sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Verse 47 says, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? How many parents have said that? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you stop here for a moment. I shared something this morning with the men that isn't in my notes today. But just to give you a little uh, context of the Passover and the importance of the Passover. You see, when the Israelites, who were God's chosen people, were in captivity and under the oppression of Pharaoh and in Egypt, you know, God released them from that. And on the final plague that came down on Pharaoh and everybody else was that the firstborn of every son would die unless they took a lamb, a pure and spotless lamb, sacrificed it, 
and placed the blood over the doorposts of the home. Then when the angel of death came by and saw the blood over the, over the doorposts of the home, you know where I'm going with this, he would pass over and wouldn't touch that home because it was covered with the blood of the lamb. Okay, there is huge significance in this because religiously they were celebrating the Passover. They were there for the festival, but guess what? They didn't see it, but the pure and spotless lamb, the lamb of God was Jesus and he was there the whole time. 12 years old. (laughs) So it says that they were that Joseph and Mary were anxiously searching for him. This is my first point. I want to talk about peacefully pursuing versus anxiously searching. Say that again. Peacefully pursuing versus anxiously searching. You think when things don't go as we planned when it comes to our influence with young people, when it comes to our influence with our kids, we take it personally, especially as parents, right? Because they are in a reflection of us. We might say things like, that's not the way I raised you, right? And when our kids don't respond or they don't behave or measure up to our expectations, we can get disappointed. But I wanna encourage you, don't let your disappointment become or discourage their destiny. I'll say that again. Don't let your disappointment discourage their destiny destiny. Someone needs to write that down. See, because God is bigger than what you may be facing right now, your discouragement. And, and, And he wants to put deposit courage into you. He wants to encourage you right here, right now, and in this place that he's bigger. He's bigger than whatever they're facing or whatever you're facing together as a family in this season. And know this, that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So even though you might not see it or be going through it, don't let your discouragement um, discourage their destiny. Are you with me? Okay, good. So Jesus' parents were anxiously searching for a lost child. But guess what? In reality, it was them who was lost. It is us who was lost. You know, Jesus said in Luke 19, 10, he said, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, we need to teach our kids to peacefully pursue God's purpose for their life. Peacefully pursue. And like the scripture shows, they will find it where? In the house of the Lord among godly, wise counsel. That's where Jesus was. In his house, in his father's house among other wise, godly counsel. You know, my wife and I have been part of full-time ministry in the home and in the church for 15 years, all together. That's all our kids have known. Aiden was a month old when we went into full-time ministry in the church. And we've had the privilege and the honor, all of our leadership team seems to all have babies, and if they don't, they will very soon. (laughs) That's just what happens. And so we get to work among other people that have served in the church that serve with their families. And we see a pattern. The families that serve together are the healthiest and the strongest in the body of Christ. Families that serve together. We call it unified under one vision, right? Because when you have multiple vision, you have 
division. And when you seek the Lord and you seek him first, that's when all things are added unto us. Matthew 6, we seek his kingdom, that his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's not just for something for dad to do or for mom to do or for one of the kids to do once a week. No, that's how we are to live our lives as a family unit. And who we pursue will always be greater than any problems that we may face. I want you to know that yes, in parenting and raising up leaders and young people and influencing them, in this world, there will be troubles. But Jesus says, take heart, for I have overcome the world, right? And so here was Jesus, in reality, he was peacefully pursuing his calling. Verse 49, why were you searching for me? This is Jesus, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be where? In my father's house and to be about my father's business. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Let's talk about this. God's placement versus our displacement, okay? God's placement versus our displacement. As parents, we search to find out where to get our kids in the right fit in the crowds. When in reality, we need to be placing and positioning them in the body of Christ. The greatest call is to be with Christ, serving him and serving others. Something amazing has been happening in this church. I don't know if you've noticed it, but there's younger people that have been rising up. And I like to say they just came out of nowhere, but they didn't. They had a mom and they had a dad and they had spiritual parents in the house that are raising them up. We have what's called Lit Crew. It stands for Leaders in Training. And the age for this Lit Crew is ages 12 to 17. And we're seeing more and more young people in the church that are getting involved in the design of our worship experience in the kids theater that are involved in not just the design, but the production that's happening around the scenes with the message of the gospel going all around the world. Speaking of which, by the way, Pastor Rudy, last week, what was our reach for the gospel? Because you have the numbers for that. What was our reach? What's that? Just over 5,000 people were reached with the gospel around the world from this message. 5,000. And I know what you're thinking. Last week I talked about this too, how we can limit kids based on age. We can limit people based on labels. And the label of teenager, remember, didn't come into play until the 1950s. And up to that point, by age 14, they were getting married. They were having kids. They had jobs. Some of the parents are like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, it's true. Because they, they, what they did see was these adolescents that had the greatest influence on worship and trends in their community. But over time, we've limited them because of age and because we put a label on them. But not in this house. Someone say, not in this house. In this house, we believe with all of our heart not to segregate them, but to integrate them in the body of Christ. And we're seeing it. It's happening, and you guys are all a part of it. So praise God for that. You know, Jesus 
it says, was 12 years old. 12 years old when he was at the temple. 12 years old when he was talking to the rabbis, asking questions and giving answers. Jesus was 12 years old. And according to the Jewish custom, he was about to transition from a boy to becoming a man at age 13. But even his parents had problems with raising the son of God and transitioning him from being a boy to becoming a man. So don't be discouraged. If you're having problems of transition in whatever season or whatever age the kids that you are influencing are, but realize this, that they had the responsibility of raising God's child. And we are all children of God. So can you imagine the kind of pressure that they must have felt? And how many times we, we see when they got it right, but how many times when we get it wrong? Like, come on, they literally lost the son of God, right? They lost, not, they didn't just lose their way, they lost the way. Jesus said later on, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then here they thought that, you know, he was the one that was lost. But he says, didn't you know this is where I'm called to be? And this is what I'm called to do. Didn't you know that you would find me in my father's house? And that is where, where we're finding the, the fruit of our young people in this season is right here in this house. So who are we to limit them? It's the wise counsel. We need, by the way, we need more moms and dads. We need more uncles and aunts. And we need more grandmas and grandpas spiritually in the house of the Lord. More than ever, there are people coming in. And that, you know what? We are called to be fathers to the fatherless and moms and dads in all walks of, the, of life that you must know there is always somebody watching you and that needs you. You see, the Son of God was called to be released into His calling. And again, this transition can be tough because there's, there are times when we've done our best and then we just need to trust God with the rest. There are times, like I talked about last week, and this works in the work, workplace as well, where you have to release control and give counsel. Less control, more counsel. And yes, that works great in the workplace, but it is great with kids too. But it doesn't make it easy. There's a season where you need to move from um, management into becoming a coach. You know, someone once told me the definition of a child is someone that is mismanaged. But eventually they're not a child anymore. And you need to let go and let God. But you're still a part of their life. You'll always be mom and dad. But you need to understand what it means to move into a role of being wise counsel. Again, Proverbs 15.22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 11.24 says, for lack of guidance, a nation falls. But many advisors makes victory sure. Come on. Many advisors makes victory sure. Is there victory in the house? Come on. It's not just in our name. Come on. It's in here. 
We don't have to just fight for victory. We get to fight from victory because of what Jesus has done for us. <laughs> Praise God. So if we look at this scripture, Jesus says, didn't you know I'd be doing my father's business? I want to encourage us in this season not to get so caught up in the busyness that we miss God's business. Are you with me? Verse 51. Then he went down to Nazareth, Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let's talk about that. Both God and man. Jesus' heavenly father and his earthly father and his earthly parents played a huge role in raising the son of God. There were practical things as well as cultural and spiritual customs that Jesus was taught as a child. And then there were heavenly things that were given from his heavenly father that gave him guidance and instruction. In John 5:19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. That's a message right there. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Again, more things are, are caught than taught. More opportunities are given to us out of humility and learning to show love and honor and respect. A lot of opportunities in the house and families, right? You see, the religious leaders were actually accusing Jesus in this portion of scripture of healing a man on a Sabbath. And the verse before it says, for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him, not because he was breaking the Sabbath, but because he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Because he was. Jesus was without sin. He was always obedient. He wasn't being disobedient by staying in the temple. He chose not to follow the crowd and the busyness because he was doing and called to his heavenly father's business. But Jesus was both obedient to his heavenly father and his earthly father. Jesus went back to his home in Nazareth where he grew in wisdom, where he grew in stature, and where he grew in favor with both God and man. I've mentioned this before, but that is obedience isn't the obstacle. Obedience is the objective. Last week we learned that in Ephesians 6, 1 to 3 says, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you, and the Lord will help you. For the commandment, honor your father and your mother, was the first of the Ten Commandments with a promise attached. You will prosper and you will live a long life, full life, if you honor your parents. Proverbs 19, 20 to 21 says, listen to advice and accept instruction. And in the end, you will be wise. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Would you stand with me?
Remember this, as parents, as influencers, obedience does not mean that we contradict our call. We honor our parents and we honor God when we raise up our children in the house of the Lord. The takeaway that I have for us today is this, raise your children in the house of the Lord. I'm telling you, in this season, it seems like it's never been this hard to raise up your children in the house of the Lord with everything else coming at them. But I wanna encourage you, the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if he is for us, then who can be against us? So no matter the loss, no matter what we're facing, victory belongs to the Lord. I just wanna encourage and press in at this time in this family, in this relationship, you know, the Lord says that we are adopted into his family. And for some of us, we might not have a great relationship with our earthly father or even our heavenly father. But this is a house of healing. And the best part of the message that I get to deliver to you guys every week is the gospel is the good news. You see, that pure and spotless lamb, that blood that was shed, was shed on the cross, just like on those doorposts, on the wooden doorposts, his blood was spread on the wooden cross. And because of that blood, there's a covenant for us that choose to believe that we will be set free. You don't have to go through life on your own. You don't have to raise your kids on your own, but you can have the help of our heavenly father, the son and the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Romans 10, verse nine, if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. You see, in our families and in our influence, everything rises and falls on relationship. And our belief in our faith rises and falls on a relationship of our heavenly savior. And so I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right here, right now. I'm just gonna ask that the team would just dim the lights. This is a private moment. And if you're watching online, you can do this right here where you're at. God is there and he is for you. So let's just pray this prayer together. Would you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I know what it's like to feel lost. I know what it's like to struggle with leading others. I'm ready to be led by you. I believe that you chose to die for me and for my sins. I believe that you rose from the grave. Would you come into my heart? Would you be Lord over my life? I'm ready to lead with you. I thank you that my past is past and today is a new day with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We just stay in the moment. All eyes are closed and heads are bowed in the moment. And if you could just be honest with, with me for a moment, nobody else is looking. But if this message spoke to you in a season that you feel that you are in a season of influence, maybe you've been through a season where you haven't been influenced in the right way, but you feel that there's a way, the right way. His name is Jesus and yet you feel that you have some direction today through God's word 
not through the pastor, but through God's word today that was given to you, would you just give me a thumbs up? Awesome, thumbs all around the room. That's what I wanna see. That's God's evidence that he is speaking to you in all seasons. Second is this, all heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, either for the first time or you're coming back and into alignment with him, would you just give me a thumbs up in the rooms? Put it up nice and high, thank you, so I can see you. Awesome, (laughs) thank you. Praise God. Well, we're just gonna continue to press in. If you know anything about us at College Street, we felt convicted a long time ago not to make it difficult for people that are coming to know God. You see, there's a time when we need to step out of the way so God can step in. But we are also convicted in the Great Commission that we are here not to play church. We're here to be the church. And God has commissioned us in the Great Commission to make disciples going into all the world and baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so every time we gather, before we gather, we fill this tank out of faith that someone might come forward today and be baptized. And if you're wondering, what is baptism? What does it mean? Well, in Romans it says that when we are baptized with Christ, we are buried with Christ. When we come up out of the water, it represents the resurrection of Christ, and you are resurrected with him. And although you may go through sin in your life moving forward, sin no longer has authority over you. It's not that difficult. God did the difficult part. Jesus himself was baptized and he calls us to do the same. So if that's you today and you wanna be baptized, I'll be down here. My beautiful bride will come and join me. And then anytime, just come forward, but let's continue to, to press in. I believe that God wants to do more yet. He's not done yet. Let's worship him. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.